0: Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco.
1: Welcome back to the History AI Podcast. I'm Chuck.
0: And I'm Marco. Today, we're stirring up a tale from America's early years, the Whiskey Rebellion.
1: That's right. We're diving into the turbulent times of the 1790s. So... Grab your favorite drink, but maybe not whiskey this time, and let's get into it. To set the stage for today's episode, let's rewind to the 1790s. Picture this, the United States, a fledgling nation fresh from the throes of the Revolutionary War, is trying to find its footing on the world stage.
0: And it's a world quite different from today. In Europe, the French Revolution is in full swing, sending shockwaves of change. Across the ocean, the young American nation is grappling with its own set of challenges. One of the biggest challenges?
1: Debt. The war for independence left the country deeply in debt. The government, under the leadership of President George Washington, is under pressure to stabilize the nation's finances and build a strong federal structure.
0: That's where Alexander Hamilton, the first Secretary of the Treasury, steps in. He's the architect behind the plan to get the nation's economy back on track part of his plan a federal excise tax on whiskey you see in the rural parts of america especially
1: in western pennsylvania whiskey isn't just a drink it's a commodity farmers here are distilling their surplus grain into whiskey
0: it's easier to transport it's bartered and for many it's the backbone of their economy but when the new government slaps a tax on it it's not just a financial burden It's seen as an overreach of federal authority, a reminder of colonial times under British rule. So, there you have it a young nation under a new constitution, a government trying
1: to assert its authority, and a population fiercely protective of its newfound freedoms. The stage is set for conflict. And this conflict would soon ignite the flames of the Whiskey Rebellion. Now, let's dive deeper into what exactly sparked the Whiskey Rebellion. It's a tale of economics, politics,
0: And, well, whiskey. Right, Chuck. In the early 1790s, the United States was in a financial bind. The Revolutionary War had left the country with a massive war debt. The federal government, under the new constitution, was responsible for this debt, but it lacked the means to pay it off. Enter
1: Alexander Hamilton, the Treasury Secretary. He's the mind behind the plan to stabilize the nation's finances. His solution? a series of measures, including the assumption of state debts by the federal government and the creation of a
0: national bank. But here's the kicker, to fund all this, Hamilton proposed a federal excise tax on domestically produced distilled spirits, notably whiskey. It's the first tax imposed on a domestic product in the fledgling United States. This tax hits
1: the rural farmers particularly hard, especially in western Pennsylvania. For them, whiskey isn't just a drink, it's an economic lifeline. They turn their grain into whiskey for a very practical reason. It's easier to transport and preserve,
0: and it's more profitable than raw grain. These farmers, many of whom were veterans of the Revolutionary War, saw this tax as a betrayal. It was reminiscent of the British taxation policies that sparked the war in the first place. The tax was not just a financial burden, it symbolized what they saw as the federal government's overreach and disregard for their livelihoods. To make matters worse, the tax was collected in a manner that favoured
1: larger, eastern distillers over the smaller western ones. The tax had to be paid in cash, which was a rare commodity on the frontier. This policy favoured larger distillers who could more easily absorb the tax, creating a stark economic
0: divide. And then, there's the issue of representation. Many of these western farmers felt underrepresented in the federal government. They viewed the tax as an imposition by distant legislators, with little understanding or care for their rural concerns.
1: So, we have a mix of economic strain, political alienation, and a sense of betrayal. It's the perfect recipe for rebellion. The stage was set for these farmers to take a stand, a stand that would escalate into the Whiskey Rebellion. The Whiskey Rebellion wasn't just a random uprising, it had its leaders and key figures who played
0: pivotal roles. Let's meet some of the main characters in this historical drama. On the side of the rebels, we have figures like David Bradford. He wasn't just any disgruntled farmer, Bradford was a well-educated lawyer and a deputy attorney general. He emerged as one of the rebellion's most vocal and active leaders.
1: Bradford wasn't alone. There were others like James McFarlane, a Revolutionary War veteran, who brought a sense of military tactics to the rebellion. These men weren't just fighting against the whiskey tax, they were fighting for what they saw as fundamental American
0: principles. But it wasn't just a bunch of angry farmers and local leaders. The rebellion also drew support from local politicians and even some members of the clergy, who shared the sentiment that the tax was unjust and oppressive. On the flip side, you've got the federal
1: government's team. The star player here is Alexander Hamilton, the architect of the whiskey tax. Hamilton saw the tax as essential for demonstrating the
0: power and authority of the federal government. And let's not forget President George Washington. Initially, he hoped for a peaceful resolution. However, as the rebellion escalated, he supported Hamilton's view that strong federal action was needed to maintain order and enforce the law. Another key figure on the government's side was Henry
1: Lee, the governor of Virginia. He was appointed by Washington to lead the militia force against the rebels. Lee was a seasoned military man and brought a strategic
0: approach to the federal response. And amidst all these leaders, there were countless unnamed farmers, settlers, tax collectors, and soldiers, each playing their role in this unfolding drama. Some were driven by ideology, others by economic concerns, but all were part of the tapestry that made up the Whiskey Rebellion.
1: These leaders and their actions shaped the course of the rebellion. Their decisions, their speeches, and their actions all contributed to how events unfolded in this turbulent chapter of American history. The Whiskey Rebellion wasn't just a single event but a series of escalating incidents and responses. Let's break down the key events that marked this period of American history.
0: It all starts in 1791. The federal government, under President Washington, passes the Whiskey Tax, designed by Alexander Hamilton. Almost immediately, it stirs discontent, especially among the western Pennsylvania farmers.
1: Fast forward to 1792 and 1793. The resistance begins to take shape. Tax collectors are harassed, and meetings are held to organize opposition. The government's response is tepid at
0: first, mostly limited to legal actions against noncompliant distillers. Then comes 1794, a pivotal year. In July, a federal marshal heads to western Pennsylvania to serve writs to distillers who had not paid the excise tax. This action ignites a violent backlash. One of the
1: most dramatic incidents happens at the home of tax collector John Neville. Protesters, led by figures like David Bradford, attack Neville's home, leading to a standoff known as the Battle
0: of Bower Hill. The government's response escalates after this. In August 1794, President Washington issues a proclamation condemning the violence and calling for peace. But the rebels are undeterred. Washington then decides on a show of
1: force. He summons a militia force of about 13,000 men from various
0: states, a larger army than he ever commanded during the Revolutionary War. In October 1794, this militia, led by Washington and later Governor Henry Lee, marches into western Pennsylvania. The size and might of this force are enough to quell most of the rebellion. The rebels disperse without major
1: conflict, and the militia captures several leaders. Most are later released, and a general amnesty is offered to those who pledge future obedience to federal laws.
0: By late 1794 and early 1795, the rebellion dissipates. The show of federal power is clear, and the whiskey tax remains in effect though it becomes increasingly unenforceable and is eventually repealed in 1801 during Thomas Jefferson's presidency. This
1: timeline of events from 1791 to 1795 shows the complexities of the rebellion. It wasn't just a single uprising but a series of actions and reactions that shaped the early years of the United States. The federal response to the Whiskey Rebellion is a critical chapter in the story, showcasing the young government's approach to internal conflict. Let's unpack how Washington and his administration dealt with the uprising.
0: Initially, the federal response was more legalistic than militaristic. The government tried to enforce the whiskey tax through the courts, issuing fines and summoning non-compliant distillers to appear in federal court.
1: But as the resistance grew, so did the government's concern. Alexander Hamilton, seeing the resistance as a direct threat to federal authority, urged a stronger response. He believed that
0: allowing the rebellion to continue unchecked would undermine the government's credibility. In 1794, following the attack on John Neville's house, President Washington's approach shifted. He issued a proclamation on August 7, calling for peace and warning against further violence. This was an attempt to quell the rebellion without direct military confrontation. When this didn't work, Washington took a more drastic step.
1: He invoked the Militia Act of 1792, which allowed the President to call out state
0: militias to suppress insurrections. This was the first significant test of this new law. The decision to mobilize a militia wasn't taken lightly. Washington consulted with his cabinet and received unanimous support for the action. This decision marked a crucial moment in the exercise of federal power under the new Constitution. In September
1: 1794, the militia, a force of about 13,000 men, was assembled from several states. This force was larger than any army Washington had commanded during the Revolutionary War. It was a clear message of the seriousness
0: with which the government was taking the rebellion. Washington himself rode at the head of the militia as it marched into western Pennsylvania. This was a symbolic and practical move. It showed his commitment to federal authority and helped maintain discipline among the troops. The presence of the militia had the desired effect. The rebel forces
1: dispersed, and the potential for a large-scale confrontation was avoided. The
0: militia detained several rebellion leaders, but most were later released. By the end of 1794, the Whiskey Rebellion had effectively been suppressed. The federal response demonstrated the government's willingness and ability to enforce its laws, even if it meant mobilizing a large military force. This response set a precedent for how the United
1: States government would handle internal conflicts. It was a balancing act between showing strength and avoiding unnecessary violence, a theme that would recur throughout American history.
0: While Washington's leadership was crucial in suppressing the Whiskey Rebellion, it's equally important to discuss the aftermath, particularly the punishments mitted out to the rebels.
1: Absolutely, Marco. Once the rebellion was quashed, the question of how to deal with the captured insurgents arose. Washington, who had shown decisiveness in
0: mobilizing the militia, now faced a dilemma of justice versus mercy. In 1795, after the rebellion had been effectively suppressed, the government rounded up about 150 men suspected of involvement. This move was a show of federal authority but also posed a legal challenge. How should these men be treated and tried? Most of the detainees were released due to lack of evidence or as a gesture of goodwill.
1: However, about 24 men were indicted for high treason, which was a capital offense. This included key figures like David Bradford, although he managed
0: to escape capture. Washington's approach to the punishment phase was cautious. He sought a balanced response, aiming to assert federal authority while not igniting further unrest. This was a tightrope walk between demonstrating the consequences of insurrection and showing leniency to reconcile with. The disgruntled populace Of those
1: indicted, only ten men were found guilty of treason. But here's where Washington's sense of justice and mercy comes into play. He pardoned two men, John Mitchell and Philip Weigel, who were sentenced to death. This act of clemency was
0: significant. It showed that while the government was firm, it was not vengeful. This approach helped to quell further dissent. The pardons, coupled with the general amnesty offered to those who pledged future obedience to federal laws, worked towards healing the nation after this internal strife.
1: In the end, the punishments following the Whiskey Rebellion were relatively mild, considering the potential severity of the charges. Washington's leadership in this phase was crucial in setting a precedent for how the young nation would deal with internal conflicts, with a balance of firmness and leniency. The Whiskey Rebellion, while a relatively short episode in American history, held immense significance in the grand
0: scheme of things. Let's delve into why this event was more than just a tax squabble. First off Chuck, the Whiskey Rebellion was a crucial test for the new American government. It was the first major challenge to federal authority under the Constitution, which had only been ratified a few years earlier, in 1788.
1: Absolutely. And it wasn't just any challenge. This was about whether the federal government had the power to levy taxes and, more importantly, enforce those taxes across all
0: states. Remember, under the Articles of Confederation, the federal government had been pretty weak. The rebellion also tested the limits of federal power and civil disobedience. How far could the government go in imposing laws, and how should it respond to internal resistance? These were fundamental questions about the nature of the American Republic. And let's talk about George Washington's role. His
1: decision to personally lead the militia against the rebels was unprecedented. It showed that the president was willing to take direct action to uphold federal law. This set a powerful precedent for executive authority.
0: Moreover, the rebellion highlighted the divisions between different regions and economic groups in America. The interests and perspectives of the rural frontier farmers were starkly different from those of the urban and coastal elites. This foreshadowed many of the regional and economic conflicts that would play out in American history.
1: And then there's the outcome of the rebellion. The government's ability to suppress the rebellion without widespread bloodshed showed the strength and effectiveness of the federal system. It reassured both American citizens and foreign nations that the
0: U.S. government was stable and capable. The suppression of the rebellion also had implications for political parties. The Federalists, who advocated for a strong central government, used the rebellion to justify their policies. However, it also fueled the arguments of the Democratic Republicans, like Thomas Jefferson, who were wary of too much federal power. Finally, the Whiskey Rebellion had lasting effects on American
1: tax policy and the federal government's role in economic affairs. It was a precursor to the ongoing debate about the scope of federal taxation and regulation.
0: In essence, the Whiskey Rebellion was a microcosm of the struggles that would define the United States for centuries. Federal versus state power urban versus rural interests, and the limits of civil disobedience in American society. The rebellion and its suppression left a
1: lasting mark on how Americans viewed federal authority and resistance.
0: And let's not forget, it influenced future tax policies and government responses to civil disobedience. The
1: young nation had weathered its first major internal challenge.
0: As we wrap up, a big thank you to all our listeners for joining us on this historical journey.
1: Your support means the world to us. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate, subscribe, and share.
0: Those five-star reviews really help us reach more history enthusiasts like you. And don't
1: forget, you can suggest topics for future episodes through our social media channels.
0: Plus, we've got some cool merchandise now. Check out the link in the show notes. And as a thank you to our listeners, we're offering a 10% discount on your first purchase. Just use the code THEHISTORYAIPODCAST, all one word, at checkout. Until next time, keep exploring history with us at the History AI
1: Podcast. Step into the thrilling world of sports betting with The Starting Line, an introduction to sports betting. Whether you're a beginner or simply curious, this comprehensive guide takes you from the basics to the advanced. Learn to decode odds, develop winning strategies, and bet responsibly. Get your copy now and transform every game into an adventure. The starting line is your first step towards mastering the art of sports betting. Available on Amazon.